What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN GameScoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield, and I have been on camera live for a long time today, <laughs> but I'm going to keep going for you, our dear listeners. Joining me this week are Sam Claiborne. First time on camera all day. Justin Davis. Scoop. And sitting in for Tina Amini, who will hopefully return to GameScoop at some point in our <laughs> lifetimes. Mark Medina is always, always a pleasure to have you back on the show. Hello. Also first time on camera. I well, mean, yeah, we're in meetings and stuff like that, okay? But, like, I've done well, I hope you're in my meeting. Mark, Wait, I got, you were on? supposed to be in a meeting today. What's, what's going on? Did something happen? Or <laughs> Yeah, so. Oh, did I publish 30 videos in 30 minutes? <laughs> we kind of kicked off the whole E3 week uh, this morning. Jeff Keighley's Summer Game Fest kickoff live happened, which was followed by an hour-long Day of the Devs presentation, and we did pre- and post-shows all around that, so there's lots to talk about. Um, going to be a great show. We'll definitely talk about the Death Stranding Director's Cut. We'll definitely talk about Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. But first, let's begin with Elden Ring, which was finally, finally for all of the uh, Soulsborne fans out there that have been dying Eld. for information on this game. What's you say Eld now instead of old, when news is old. Eld. Eld. <laughs> <laughs> this game was revealed at the Microsoft press conference, I think at the last E3 in 2019. Now, Nothing yeah. since then, and the the fan community for Elden Elden Ring has taken it upon themselves to just basically invent a bunch of lore on their own. Uh, yeah. I love it, which is very cool. But now, no, now they don't have to do that anymore. Their work is done. We know what the game is, and it looks it looks like looks like a Dark Souls game. Yes, but it. what did Jeff Goldblum mean when? No. <laughs> um. It's no secret that you know most of us aren't here, aren't like diehard uh, Soulsborne fans. But I think this game looks awesome and has amazing, you know, creature and character and world design, just like all these games do. And just like I did with Sekiro, I I will absolutely dive in and make it as far as I can (laughs) in the game. (laughs) I mean, Um, like from from Soft, like yeah, sure. Like I don't need to be a fan of this style of game to like appreciate what that company's accomplished and like the direction that they've pushed video games over the last decade. And mm-hmm. it has been so long since that company missed. Like, oh yeah, y- you know, even though Dark Souls two and three, I don't think are quite as revered as the original. Like Sekiro, and especially Bloodborne. Like mm-hmm. for a lot of people, that was their game of the generation, and they haven't released a game in like three years. Like Elden Ring is uh, the next one. It's their next big thing. Like it's not a you know, it's not a B team working on it. It's like, this is the game that Miyazaki has been making for years now. And so yeah. like, I definitely understand like the hype and the, uh, the frothing demand for this one. It's yeah. also one of the biggest influences in video games in, in, in a very, very long time. Like this, this gameplay style influenced star Wars Jedi fallen order. And then it, it bleeds out even into the indie game into like 2d scrolling pixel art. Indie games are adopting souls like combat mechanics as well yeah one of which was in the show soul and sacrifice is that what it's called salt and sacrifice salt and sacrifice yeah yeah Yeah, uh elden ring i'm a lot like damon i i will play these soulsborne games for as long as i can and this (laughs) looks like one of those games where i'm like yeah i cannot wait to dive in you get to ride a horse it looks beautiful the monsters look terrifying uh i don't know how good i'll be at it but i will give it my best shot you only get one horse and if that horse dies (laughs) you don't have a horse for the rest of the game well so it's the last of us part two all over again that's a joke would that be the worst mechanic that you could (laughs) you said that as a goof and it's like 50 50 that that's completely (laughs) true (laughs) can you imagine a game giving you like this cute companion dog and you're like you have to keep it alive though and uh yeah there's no saving uh you, you 
this is your this is your dog. Yep. Keep it alive. Well, you you know everyone dies a lot in these games, so it's kind of sad. Your horse is going to no. get left behind, and what, maybe like that's the mechanic instead of like <laughs> your horse getting, is by the campfire. You have to get <laughs> yeah, back you to have it. to get back to find your horse. That's yeah. when or, you get your stuff back by again. your pile of bones. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. If, you're, if or, your horse was permadeath, like I would just restart every time. I would never get anywhere because I'd be like, oh, yeah. I, my horse fell off a cliff. Time to <laughs> yep. start for the, the point beginning. of getting to the end of the game would be keeping the horse alive. So, yeah. Damon, I have a question for you. Okay. What did the giant tree as the focal point of this game remind you of? I thought that was going to be a joke. Oh. I'll be honest. <laughs> um, it is. You, uh, like a blend of the Ents and the Giants from Game of Thrones? I was thinking Faxanadu. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a, that's, no, that's a name about. I haven't heard in a long time. Yeah. And you know what? It's actually a portmanteau of the words fantasy and Xanadu, which I discovered recently. Yes. Yes, I'm up on my Faxanadu lore. <laughs> so I should be saying it Fazanadu. But that sounds crazy. Faxanadu Fax. That just sounds crazy. <laughs> How did facts work it work its way into uh, into uh, uh, fantasy? Is it all from uh, Xanadu, or I, mean, I don't know where it comes from? Because like Shadow Facts, like always sounds really funny to me. I just think yeah. it's great. There's, fact, Xanadu um, has some good music. The the mm-hmm. lore and world building of Elden Ring is written by George R. R. Martin, so it's like that may also Who be also his. Also wrote Facts Xanadu. Exactly. It's like you know, there's a not small chance that uh, Elden Ring is a portmanteau of something that that man created. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I'm glad you mentioned that. It was a big deal um, that you know, uh, from software is working with George R. R. Martin on this game. Of course, the 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 big reveal that we got today was all about gameplay and, and mm-hmm. sort of presenting the the monsters and the boss fight. We had, we didn't get anything about the story or the stakes or any of that. They could cover that off on a later beat. But you said something as we were getting ready ready to film, Justin, that maybe they oh okay because like. You know, we're, we, we've covered off on how impressive these games are, but I don't think they do a great job of like telling a story, right? Maybe that's not Whoa. what they try to do, but it's a little uh, bit convoluted in there. And I, I guess I was thinking, oh, well, now now the Soulsborne game is going to have a story with well-written characters. Oh, and you're and making you're making twists. Soulsborne fans so mad right <laughs> oh, now. Yeah. By sorry, the way, yeah, yeah. sorry, like, sorry. No, yeah. you're right. It's but a the little story, bit of a minefield. The the story in the Soulsborne games is told in an oblique way. Like it's there, yeah, I, but like you pick up a magic ring and read its description, and then you remember somebody that you met 20 hours ago, and like that connection is there. Like it's all rock solid, but um, but it is not a conventionally told sort of like, you know, you're not like yes, the story that I get out of playing through this game a single time and beating the final boss is not. <laughs> it's a very very different yeah. kind of storytelling. You're, you're I, definitely yeah. dropped into a world that exists and has existed and for a very, very long time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I totally get that. I, I know there's a lot of lore. I guess I, maybe I just assumed perhaps yeah. wrongly that when they brought George R. R. Martin on, now they were going to actually write like a story into the game and lots of characters with dialogue. But, Listen, well, if you yeah, bring yeah. George Martin, R. R. Martin in when you want to finish a project, right? He's the finisher. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> George wrap it right Railroad up. Martin. Yeah. The yeah. That? And, and uh, yeah, I think like this game was taking a while, right? Like we haven't heard about it in a long time. They're like, you know who we should get? We should get George in here and get this done. Mm-hmm. And then he came in and uh, now we have a game that's coming out uh, after 10 years. And he also wrote, I, none he, of wrote like, uh, <laughs> he wrote like 20,000 word descriptions of feasts and roast duck and just yeah. all but this those, detail about the but food. But you only get to read those when you pick up a ring in the game. <laughs> yeah. And like the, the this warm ring was bread. worn at the feast of 
That's what, like, man, I it's, it just never ends in Game of Thrones, man. You just describe, there's so much exposition about the roast that they eat at the feast. <laughs> um, yeah, so what they hired him to do, he, he didn't write the storyline of the game, is he built the world. So he wrote the lore and backstory of the world, and uh, Miyazaki, the game director, described it as like... Uh, like a dungeon master sort of setting the stage for the adventure. But then mm. Miyazaki and his team actually wrote the scenario that then you go on in that game. And so really that's kind of like a chocolate and peanut butter situation where like one of the masters providing like the lore and foundation and backstory, but then the game developers that also are, you know, experts at their craft sort of crafting the actual scenario. Like it sounds mm. great. Yeah. But do you think they were like, George, do we have to use the facts of Andrew tree? And he was like, yeah. yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There have to be so many weddings in this. He's like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Each, well, each level's a wedding. <laughs> Elder Ring is out January 21st, 2022. I think it's the earliest um, 2022 release date that we have uh, right now. It's about a week out from Pokemon. So you got to yeah, decide. Can we talk about just how crazy that is also like a game that has is basically just been in hiding comes out with this like amazing gameplay trailer that shows all these different things and then all of a sudden they're just like everybody just saw a chip clip i'm holding because i'm fidgeting uh <laughs> there was a chip clip on my desk and then not only that but then it's like oh also the game comes out in seven months like that yeah. is wild i did not expect that for well, sure after, i thought after, it was still a long time out so they're making a move. game for you know, four years or however long that game has been in active mm-hmm. development, like surely they must have tried very, very hard to get that game out in November instead. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a little, right. I, like I, I don't necessarily like Sam, I agree with you. I want games coming out all 12 months of the year, but if I was a suit with like Namco Bandai or FromSoft, surely I'd be like, mm, really, really, like just five weeks, just five weeks earlier, please. Yeah. Can you also, remove the horse to... and then put it out earlier? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, it's coming to old gen and and current gen, correct? Consoles? Yes. Yep. Which is really really cool. And a free update if you buy it on um, last gen consoles, I believe. Oh. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. So if uh, those those sixty dollars pre orders are up now, so might be a good idea to grab one if you want to. You know, I don't know that it's going to be a seventy dollars game, but at least mm-hmm. it would potentially mm-hmm. save you ten bucks. Yep. Sam and Mark, you're both you're mm-hmm. both fans of Death Stranding, I believe. Yeah, great. Yeah, fan. totally. I like it more and more the farther I get from it because I don't remember the stuff <laughs> I didn't like about it, and I just remember the good stuff. <laughs> Do you like it enough to play it again on PS5? I uh, I was talking to Tina about that today. Actually, I was like, I think I could just drop everything and just play Death Stranding again. And I'd have no problem with that. Um, but it'd be really irresponsible of me to like not make dinners and feed the cat and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I really have to balance balance what I do. Um, there's so many games I want to play right now. Like I can't, I can barely play Mass Effect. I'm like halfway through Mass Effect 2, which I can't even believe. You know, I've got that far in oh. it. And like I want to play new stuff and it'd be really hard for me to jump back in. But boy, I can already tell it looked better on the PS5 just from what they showed. That game looks yep. great. Mm-hmm. Mark, how about you? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm the same. Like, I have Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade installed, and it's like it's such a. <laughs> I guess, I guess you could say, you know, being in this industry, it's such an irresponsible thing to be like this 40 hour game. I'm going to play it again now on PlayStation Five. But then the second, the second uh, Death Stranding, you know, they they showed this trailer. I was like, I I knew, like, obviously, we don't know anything about what this teaser is. Um, 
but it's very metal geary. This is the biggest. In, it, this is the biggest interior you could ever have in this game. Everything is yeah, tiny the, rooms. The, the second he's walking through the hall, I was like, okay, this is new stuff. Yeah. But I knew, I, I knew that it would be accompanied by a next gen release. Of course it would. Like, why, why wouldn't it? And so, or current gen release, I guess. And so that was my immediate thought. Was like, I don't know what this is. This looks cool. Maybe it's a gag. The more Metal Gear you got, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but I, 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 I knew that it meant it was coming to PlayStation Five, and I was just like. Oh, that's it. Like I'm playing Death Stranding again because I had already been thinking about wanting to play it again, and now, now it's coming to PlayStation Five. Like, how could you not want to? You're going to be able to use the haptics on the Dual Sense, yeah. And it's you know you're going to feel the weight between the different boxes. Like this game was <laughs> built for the Dual Sense. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait. Also, this trailer is just wonderful. I have my toys here. I have my my Sam. He's in a box because that's where he belongs now. Um, Man, I love this trailer. But I, I, I also wouldn't be surprised if this was nothing. If well, this was literally just... So know, that wouldn't frustrate you? Because this this seems like it could be really cool and something that people want? I mean, it's, it's so tough, unclear. right? Because it is the director's cut. So to call it a director's cut and it just be a port to PS5 is super weird. Director's cut implies that things were cut out of the game. So yeah, yeah. maybe it's like it there's a like challenge room. It implies longer to me. Yeah. Also, yeah. like... It could I, be. I don't I don't genuinely believe this. I want to preface this. This is a goof. But like the name of the studio is Kojima Studios. So yeah, you don't like, get to claim oh now I'm making my director's right. cut. Yeah. Who I was cut second. the first one if it wasn't yeah. Kojima? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, but I do understand that by cut they just mean whatever. Game of the year edition, call it whatever you want. Like a version with more stuff yeah. is the implication. And there I, there I was also, DLC, so they always include that. There's like the best of mm-hmm. thing and yeah. I also want to point out that they said that at first I said at first I thought they said it was coming in a few weeks. I was like, what, what? Uh, Not surprised that that's not happening. But they said that we'll be getting more details in a few weeks, which heavily implies to me that there is a Sony conference this month and that we'll see more Death Stranding because they did make a point to start Death Stranding, even though it's on PC now, to start that trailer with the PlayStation Studios logo. Hmm. But that's yeah. just a guess. Do you think anybody over at Konami has even even noticed yet? <laughs> I know that's so wild to think that that he he made a whole Metal Gear like trailer. That's why. That's so. Well, that's crazy, what I wonder. So, if anyone if anyone out there hasn't seen it, uh, this trailer has Norman Reedus entering a facility that looks very Metal Gear Solid. He, there's a bunch of enemies he has to get past somehow. He empties out a cardboard box and even gets in the cardboard box to see if he can inside it but then he doesn't actually use it he puts it back so i mean it's like well because he gets in it the wrong way yeah, yeah. yes he does get in it the wrong way but <laughs> i think i think there's shit. a lot of other meaning in that trailer but i will never know what it is i'm not gonna pay attention well, to that much. you got yeah. those oranges yeah it's what's like the oranges? i was gonna say what's I up mean, with the oranges why man? is master chief in it <laughs> yeah you did well <laughs> it, but it's like he looked like a predator to me mm. <laughs> yeah, the enemies boy. yeah i mean it would be so cool to think he could like do some sort of a spinoff or a, an expansion that is metal gear in all but name only. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, or, that's what people want. Exactly. Right? So that makes me wonder if, if not that, is this just like a big F you middle finger to Konami? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Right. I, and honestly, when it comes to Kojima, like it could be either way. It, like, I would not be surprised <laughs> if they were like, Hey, this is just a PS five version. All that, that was just a joke. Yeah. Or yeah. if they're like, hey, there's a challenge, there's challenge missions now. And yeah, exactly. I, either way, I would not be surprised one See, bit. 
this is like I never I never played Death Stranding and like but I'm intrigued by it because on the one hand I really really like games that do something new and different like it's not just a shooter platformer but like here's a new style of gameplay so it's like that makes it very much a Justin game but then on the other hand it's like Kojima he take like I just I can't I'm completely over the Kojimaisms and the 20 minute long cutscenes and just the total just like that style of game like. I yeah. think I played each Metal Gear less than the one before it, kind of starting with three, then four, then five. So, um, so mm, I don't know. Maybe maybe this is an opportunity for me to finally give it a shot. This yeah. game doesn't have long cutscenes, though. Yeah. Now, joke it. It's got super long cutscenes. <laughs> it certainly does. You know what? You know what it doesn't have though, and I, and I I mentioned this earlier. It does not have interiors. Like that that game is an interesting. Yeah, it's, ex, it's always in the open world, and we mm-hmm. whenever you go talk to somebody, it's either a hologram where they're talking to you from their like portal of their house, or it's like an elevator that goes into something underground, but you never go to those spaces because you and, can't fit all those boxes through a door. Yeah. 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 And also because there's some, like you're exposed to the air, but everybody else can't be like, there's this whole thing. So it's like, it's really yep. weird and, and strangely world buildingly exciting to me when I saw like, that storage space because all you see is the boxes in the ground all the time it's just really strange to see that it was it was just interesting maybe what, i'll wait would... oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. i was just gonna say maybe i'll wait until the community has built up all the roads and then by the time i play the game then it'll be like easy mode mm-hmm. yeah on my yeah, server something... i was the road builder and i had so much fun that's something i didn't think about is like uh i remember when we played you know we played early and not a whole lot was built. I was behind uh, a YouTuber, Young Ye. I was behind him the entire time because it was like <laughs> he was just – I could just tell he was building right in front of me. So it's very interesting to think, like, are they going to port those worlds over to PlayStation 5? Like, or is it just, like, starting from <laughs> scratch? Like, because that would be tough to go back to. The game is is very built out now. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, yeah, I don't know. The, the other thing that's weird about that whole Metal Gear stuff is like that is not how that game plays. Like the shooting and all that stuff really took a back seat to, you know, the the, the walking mechanics. And so it's it, it'll be interesting if they try to suddenly turn Death Stranding into this like stealth shooter. That's not well. You sneak, really you sneak what around, that game was. You sneak around camps. Yeah, but that's like that's like not. That's not what that game is, though. Like, you can do that, but, like, the shooting is pretty weak in Death Stranding. So it's yeah, like, well, you, unless, yeah, unless you mainly they tranquilize people just like Metal Gear and that. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I, 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 I honestly don't care. If, if it's, if it's Death Stranding on PS5, awesome. If it's Death Stranding on PS5, but with more stuff, even better. Well, as Kojima himself told us today, we should find out more about the Death Stranding director's cut in a few weeks. Mark, are you a Borderlands guy? Yeah, <laughs> excited for excited for Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. I, I'm excited for the cast. Holy smokes! Like yeah. I saw mm-hmm. the thing, and it was like Wanda Sykes and <clears throat> Andy Samberg, and I was like, wow, this is like yeah. you know, it's it's really man. I can't remember the name of the DLC, but you know, a DLC for this exists I, for Borderlands Two, where mm-hmm. it's like they play D and D, and so it's like it's kind of crazy yeah. that they've uh, you know made a whole game out of this. This is it's really really cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah I'm very excited for this. And Will Arnett. I don't know why people yep. keep disrespecting him. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I do, I do love Will Arnett. It's because him and Amy Poehler split up, and we had to pick sides. Oh no, it's 
<laughs> Team Amy. Now I'm sad. Uh, I can't believe I had to learn that on Game Scoop. Um, Sam's like, what? <laughs> so, yeah, this is something that leaked ahead of E3. Mm-hmm. And it's a standalone game coming early 2022. We don't really know much about it yet. Um but man, I, I remember loving the Tiny Tina mm-hmm. uh, DLC for Borderlands 2, but it's been so long. Mark, I have yeah. a hard time even remembering what it was like. That, and that's what I mean is like, I remember it was supposed to be like a D&D, but like Borderlands 2 DLC, like, man, we're talking like, yeah, <laughs> that was years, a long time 10 ago. 10 years ago, nine years ago. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, this is, this, this sounds cool. And then Gearbox is, is doing something around E3. So maybe we'll learn more about it then. Um, I, I think they did. I like, I'm really impressed. Like, I feel like they pulled a little bit of a magic trick where, like, Borderlands is Gearbox. Oh, is Randy good. Pitchford. Well, okay. Yeah, no pun intended, actually. But, um, you know, I like, it. they clearly have a need to – Borderlands is the big thing at Gearbox, right? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, like, you can almost see, like, the, the, the – con- had of like they don't want to keep making Borderlands four, five, six, mm-hmm. seven, eight. So it's like it's such a natural. Like once they reveal the game, I'm like, oh, of course. Like you know, some yeah. kind of co-op looter shooter, but you know, with magic and a fantasy setting, and then all this, you know, tiny Tina craziness. Like, at, like I'm totally on board just from like this two minute trailer. Even though it is like kind of high concept and sort of a weird franchise extension, like. It just feels really, really smart and cool. And then, you know, obviously the voice ca- casting helps put it over on people that maybe were a little bit more skeptical. Yeah. yeah. And, well, and something I'm super ex- like Borderlands is already like nuts, right? And and not realistic and over the top. But that's like the whole point. And so the fact that it's like now they've built in this thing where it's like, hey, it's a Dungeons and Dragons game. It really makes it where it's like anything kind of goes yep. in this. You know, you're going to have characters that can do spells and just do all sorts of stuff. Uh, it's going to make uh, the wacky Borderlands even wackier. And also good on Ashley Birch, man. She is just like, mm-hmm. she's killing it, man. She's in so much good stuff now. Yeah, no kidding. And I do wonder, so I think I heard correctly in the presentation that Tiny Tina, Ashley Birch's character, is sort of like the DM, like the one taking them through this adventure. And then those three mm-hmm. characters, Wanda Sykes, Will Arnett, and... Um, and uh, Andy Samberg, Andy Samberg are are like the player characters. It, that that was my takeaway. Anyway, what I'm getting at is, I wonder if there's like a fourth, like a fourth secret mm-hmm. person yet to be revealed. Because I don't think that was meant to be Ashley Birch's Tiny Tina character. Maybe it's you. Ooh, what is the, this game? You, what, you what, just what, blew what my of, mind. What type of game is this? Well, so you know, Borderlands is a looter shooter. Yes, it, it's original, a, and they said this was as well, right? It's a fantasy looter shooter, basically. It's like a, it's like a, yeah. it's like you know, a very silly Diablo meets Borderlands is was was my takeaway. Mm-hmm. But we haven't seen gameplay yet, so I guess yeah, mm-hmm. we'll we'll find out. Okay, but you're right, Justin, about how Gearbox is, for lack of a better word, sort of trapped making Borderlands. There was ten years between mm-hmm. Borderlands two and three, uh, almost maybe almost ten years, and in that time there was so much DLC and add-on content released for Borderlands two, and they had the pre sequel, and they had uh, Tales from the Borderlands, and they got into game publishing, and then they tried Battleborn, yeah. and they're like when they couldn't stall anymore, they're like okay, 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 yeah, Borderlands. Although I don't, I don't think pre sequel was them. Um, that well, was a, I mean the two K yeah. spinoff, but but it yeah, mm-hmm. like you're not wrong, like and especially that second extra extension that season of borderlands 2 dlc were like they were really the yeah. model for like that you know that game's not a, a game as a service um 
but it was the progenitor for like, oh, like if you keep supporting a game, the community in turn will keep supporting you. Um, and I think it paved the way for, for games that really leaned into that. Yep. As a side note, Sam and Justin, I was dismayed that you not, did not respond to my Slack last night. Well, I didn't get it. <laughs> so I'm watching, I'm, oh. <laughs> my wife and I are doing a whole rewatch of 24 and it's been awesome. It's been so good. And we're in season seven and we, this guy shows up with the FBI and we're like, that guy is really familiar. Who's that guy? And it was my wife who identified him. And she doesn't even like this show. She's like, it's the bones of your money guy. Oh, really? Yeah. The, I didn't the, realize uh, that. The guy from that, I think you should leave sketch that, that we love the best sketch uh, on that first season, I think is yeah. in season seven of uh, 24. It's crazy. And then um, uh, maybe Mark Medina would, would know this. Did you ever watch 24, Mark? No. One of the main... One of the main female characters from The Last of Us is an FBI FBI agent on that series. Is it Tess? Ooh. Is Tess a character? Oh yeah, yeah, yep. She's like oh, one of the she's main. In the, she's in the first one, yeah. Yeah, she's like one of the main FBI agents in season seven. I didn't. Oh, I recognized the face when you sent me the message, but I didn't. <laughs> I didn't make the connection until now that I'm looking at it with fresh eyes. Yeah. Also, what is? I, I've never ever. This is this is totally on a tangent i've never heard of i think you should leave and now i'm just hearing about it every it's one of those things where i've never heard of it and now i'm hearing about this is like the fourth day in a row somebody's brought up this thing i've never even heard of well they announced announced season two which is why it's in the news it's the best after you've after you're done with game scoop just go watch it Mm -hmm. on netflix i don't even want to you'll watch it straight through it's like six episodes they're 20 minutes long you know like you'll get right through it yeah Um, interesting it's just fantastic it's a fantastic sketch comedy show Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's just one of those I've never heard of it. And it's the same thing with Letterkenny. I had never heard of Letterkenny. And then someone mentioned it and then it was like all the time. Now I now I hear about it all the time. It's like, I watched Letterkenny though. So. <laughs> it's just like when you get a white car. Yep. Oh, same car. Yeah. Um <laughs> yep. David, one of my hobbies is uh or just something that I enjoy is when someone gets super mega famous and you're watching some random thing. It's like, whoa, like Vigo Mortensen's in it for like 10 seconds. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was oh, weird. And on, you know, 24, this, each season is 24 episodes long. There's so mm-hmm. many characters. There's so many guest stars on 24. Aisha Tyler's oh, on there really? at one point. Dennis mm-hmm. Hopper is in there. Uh, Ricky Schroeder from uh, Silver <laughs> yeah. Spoons is on a season. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, he, and he, so, was, oh, so, he was an Janine Garofalo. Janine Garofalo um, is on there. <laughs> did you? That's a really strange show to pick to rewatch. I it think. is. Well, I hadn't watched it since it all aired. Are, and, are there I, 24 episodes per season? Yeah. Yes. It's too <laughs> much. Are there an hour? That's it's too much. much. Is there a, when you like, when you want to like watch TV, it's, it's a good thing if you want to have like a long show that's yeah. going to. It's just such a product of its time. Like that show oh, yeah. should be 10 hours. <laughs> like, well, because didn't it come back? True. Didn't it come back and they yeah. were like, okay, it's only yeah, it's 12 like, episodes yeah, exactly. or whatever. They brought it back in like a limited series. And like the yeah, concept is so cool. It's like it's an actual yeah. day told out over 24. But then it's like the do- like the daughter has nothing to do oh. for like 12 I of mean, those hours. Yeah. I mean, the, the plots are absolutely ridiculous nonsense. Yeah. But I will say to the show creator's credit, they do a pretty good job of, you know, there's so many characters. The the bad guys are in so many different locations. The bomb is always moving. They do a pretty good job of like, you know, yeah. letting the audience know what's going on, who are the major players, what's our objective right now, where's the threat? They, they do a really good job of all that. Um, anyway. <laughs> I'm 
uh, in season four of Shit's Creek, which I've never watched. It's great, right? It's super great. It starts a little rough, you know. I think everybody yeah. will tell you that. Yeah. yeah. But but now they're they're uh, you know, some some plot things are coming together and some people are dating each other that are really adorable and great. Yep. Yep. yep That's yep. another show I haven't watched. They're, they're, oh my gosh, Mark. Uh, well, Amanda's super into that show. It, I'd also never seen uh, The Good Place, and so I chose to go Mark. for that one first. And dude, man, that show's great. Well, I was gonna um, say, you're, if you like Parks and Rec, you're gonna like The Good Place. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I love the good place. Kristen Bell. Oh my god. I love her. So I like how um, I like how uh, Shit's Creek is a family show that like both Eugene Levy's kids are in it. I think that's like yeah. really mm-hmm. funny. And like you can yeah. see a little bit of extra dynamics in that when they're acting together. I just love that. Yeah. Yeah. And Alexis is the best character. I think she's so so funny. She's like that actor. Actor is a comedic genius. Like the the stuff she does with just like her face and like micro <laughs> uh, expressions is so yeah. funny. I can't stand it. Mm-hmm. Everybody's so good on that show. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this has been TV Scoop. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> another game that I was excited to see revealed today, um, although I had kind of like a, a Drake meme moment, a reverse Drake meme moment was Metal Slug Tactics, a new Metal Slug game that's tactics with awesome pixel art. Love it. But only coming to PC. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. no. well, that's kind of annoying. Hopefully, that'll change. That's yeah, a also that last forever. That's a weird, weird choice too. Seems it's like also IGN thing. reaction guys moment. Yep. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Reverse IGN reaction guys moment. It, it yeah, had, I, and not only the pixel art, but it had the uh, the anime, cheap anime looking cutscenes, which I thought was really yeah. funny. And then, yeah, I mean, the game. Who who knows what what that game will end up like? Um, I'm not yep. really super into square based moving uh, strategy games, but. I love seeing this universe like in yep. this amazing pixels again. Like it's just looks amazing. I, that was my exact takeaway. It's like, I've been playing metal slug my whole life and like to see it, even just like changing the camera slightly. It's yeah, just like, yeah, Whoa, yeah. <laughs> it's just like just re-envisioning that stuff. Not, you know, from an isometric standpoint is just awesome. Like I, I, I honestly, I only barely care about the gameplay of metal slug games. It's just the animation. Yeah, the pixel yeah, art. Yeah. Exactly. It was I'm, great I'm, when you could put quarters in. Yeah. I'm glad the mm. blood splatter is in there. That was always an important part of the games. Yeah. Although as Sam probably knows you can turn that off with a dip switch in the arcade <laughs> yeah. machines. Um, it's so funny. I'm like the opposite. I when it was being revealed, and you know the people I was on a call with, you know, we doing clips and stuff. Like they, they're like, it's Metal Slug, and they're like, oh, it's a it's a tactics game. And I was like, I don't really know much about Metal Slug. I'm never, don't think I've ever really played or anything. But the tactics part of it has me interested because I like tactics games. Yep. So yeah. Maybe yeah. I'll give it a go. Yeah. I love so it. Metal Slug is from like the era of the best, most perfected sprite animation. Mm-hmm. And it's so like it's like right Marvel from versus that era. Capcom. Exactly. Exactly. It's just like amazing sprite animation. And mm-hmm. um, you can like look up uh, great articles about this on the internet where people like, show like how many more frames there are for each animation. Like it's incredible. So like mm-hmm. they seem to be getting at that with this. And what I've always heard is like it's actually really tough to do that with today's mm-hmm. technology. Mm-hmm. We just don't have like a team of people that just knows how to do that anymore. It's like an antiquated technology. So it's like really exciting to me to think of like some kind of you know engine built to start being able to do stuff like that again because most people are like oh yeah this is like a retro 8-bit looking game or like a super nintendo looking game like doing that like 32-bit era like neo geo playstation 1 2d is like really really cool and i'd love to yeah it's like 
I, I always picture like Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Like it's like one of the prettiest games ever. And it's like that style it always will is not be. easy to do. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, that style is not true. easy to do. And it's, yeah. it's not something you see a lot of anymore. Yeah. A hundred years from now, Symphony of the Night will still look good. Yep. Um, and then J- Justin mentioned the isometric view. Yeah. Just seeing Metal Slug that way made me think it could even work as still as a run and gun shooter, just in yep. look more like mm-hmm. Mercs or Akari Warriors or Commando, right? I'd, I'd like to play a version of that Metal Slug as well. Yeah. And it's funny, we, this is a question we get at GameScoop fairly often. It's like, what classic game genres or ge- what classic game franchises would you like to see reimagined in a different genre? And yeah. it never occurred to me, Metal Slug Tactics. It's great. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> For me, it was always Rabbids Tactics, and I didn't really get that. They added Mario and ruined it. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> I love that game. They had a Mario and, <laughs> and, and made Rabbids um, likable or uh, palatable. In your uh, opinion. In my, in, yeah, that's my opinion. <laughs> uh, speaking of nice pixel art, we got an update on Axiom Verge 2, mm-hmm. which continues mm-hmm. to look very cool. Unfortunately, we still don't have a release date for that one yet. That one mm-hmm. was supposed to be out already, but it was de- delayed till later in the year. Uh, they at least they did announce platforms. It's coming to. We already knew it was coming to Switch and PC. Now it's coming to PS4, PS5. The original Axiom Verge is on Xbox, though, so I can't imagine why the sequel wouldn't come to Xbox eventually. But uh, Sam, it's, you're, it's on Switch also. Yeah, yeah, it is on Switch. Um, I think all of us played it except for maybe Mark, and I think we all had the same experience with the first Axiom Verge. I liked it a lot but just fell off it at some point and maybe I should yep. go back and try to finish it again. Yeah. I never completed it. It, it had all the elements of a cool master I'd like, but I didn't, it didn't really draw me in with the, um, like for instance, like again, like I'm most of the way through hollow Knight. That is a mm-hmm. very different like experience that, that really like in cap, uh, just captured my imagination. I just love everything about it. Uh, Axiom Verge is a little bit more simplistic than that, but I know a lot of people that love it to death. And I think mm-hmm. it was like the product of, of uh, a really, really smart dev cycle. Like it's a cool, clever mm-hmm. game. Uh, this game looks better in every way for me personally, because one thing I, I just, I love how it looks. I think it, mm-hmm. it's it, it's its own thing. I wouldn't compare this to any other era. Of, uh, it's like modern pixel art. And I think that's a, a really cool uh, way to go. Yeah. I mean, it, it's up there with Metal Slug as some of the best pixel art I've ever seen, certainly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, lavishly animated both the original and the sequel. Um, so I, it's not something I would have expected to get a sequel, but I'm delighted that we, that we are getting one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I actually have played it. I do like the game. Uh, there's also a Devs React to speedruns for the first one, oh, if wow. you're interested in that. <laughs> what's the speedrun? Well, how long yeah, is the it? Time? Uh, so it's a, it's the only uh, task speedrun we've ever done oh. where they reacted to a community uh, tool-assisted <laughs> speedrun. Oh, and it's super fun to watch. It's super fun to just see them like barely touch pixels and bounce around. And it, it's Dan Edelman and Tom Happ. And they're just like, what is, what is this? Like, um, but yeah, that's a fun episode. If Wait, you, if what you was the time? Do you remember the time? I just want to know the time. No, okay. I don't remember. 20-something. 20, 20 Nobody knows. Like 25 minutes or something like that. <laughs> Uh, I played that. I played that game for like six hours. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's apparently connected to the first game, like s- same storyline, but you play a different protagonist, and this um, character is more focused on melee combat this time around. And the dev apparently heard from a lot of players that they enjoyed exploring the world a lot, but then got stuck on a boss at some point, and that was where they their game had to end. So now this time around, the bosses are, are still there, but you can apparently just run past them if you want. You don't even have to beat any of the bosses in order to finish the game. But if you do want to fight the bosses, you'll get a reward for that. So I thought that was interesting. 
That I think that's a really cool choice. I, I Hollow Knight, for instance, handles that in a different way where it's like you can back away from a boss encounter and go about your stuff. You know you're not going to get some upgrade, but you can continue exploring and you can more, most importantly like really ready yourself. Right, That's a great part of a Metroid-like is that you can be like, okay, I'm not ready for this boss yet. I need to go, go find more energy tanks. But I never felt that more than in a game like Hollow Knight where the bosses can be way, way hard if you don't have the right moves or because or, you can hit them out of order. So like sometimes yeah. I I, have to, I I would look up in a guide like should I even be fighting this boss now because otherwise I would spend hours obsessing over it and then realize like no you should be fighting this boss three bosses after this so yeah. like the, working in elements of like that is really neat and then I love the idea of being able to beat the game without being in the bosses and then getting a shame ending I love shame <laughs> endings shame endings are great it it does bring up a philosophical question of like well just skip the boss and it's like why not just skip just skip this platform and just skip, <laughs> skip the level just, just skip the whole game why not yeah uh, i think it was uh what's the fighting game like the guilty gear fighting game that has a story mode it just came out i i watched mitchell's review and yeah, um, guilty, guilty gear, gear strive Gu- guilty gear strive and it has a really long story mode but the story mode's just an anime like it doesn't it's not punctuated with like character fights it's just yeah. like hmm. there's a four-hour movie in our game and i'm like wow. damn like because then, and then, you know, Mitchell praises it because it doesn't have to artificially, like, to create a gameplay moment. It doesn't have to, it doesn't have to compromise their story where, like, now these two characters fight. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's wild. Huh. And then the uh, last game I wanted to bring up from the event today was called Planet of Lana. And this looks really interesting right up my alley. It's a cinematic puzzle adventure, 2D with hand painted visuals. Um, so we can look forward to platforming puzzles, s- stealth sequences, and then a companion mechanic between this little alien cat creature um, and the person, Lana, presumably, um, where they have to sort of cooperate mm-hmm. in order to get through challenges. And the whole game runs at 4K, 60 frames per second. It's an Xbox console exclusive coming in 2022. I'm getting some inside and more colorful inside slash limbo vibes from this one. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I can already tell, and this isn't insider information. I can just tell from the trailer that like this game is going to make me devastatingly sad by the end. <laughs> mm-hmm. Something like, horrible yeah, or, is going to happen. Yeah, like you can Ori-style. see it happening right there <laughs> yeah. in front of you. <laughs> what exactly. it's going to be is that you have as many lives as you want, but that little mouse cat thing, Ugh, just permadeath. one life, permadeath. <laughs> yeah, one life. and then it's your choice. Do you do you start the game over, you monster, <laughs> or do you keep going? How can you? Yeah, looks beautiful though. More games like that, please. And that brings us to video game 20 questions. Our suggestion this week comes from James in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Let the questioning begin. I don't know if it was James. Sassass. 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 We've we've definitely had people writing in from there before because I remember you saying that. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe, not, maybe we can figure out what he uh, submitted last time and we'll just get it really easily. Okay. Sure. The GameScoop historian, I hope, somebody rewatched every single episode and cataloged stats and stuff. And it's like, it'd be nice to know areas that people have written in from. Mm-hmm. Like, just <laughs> as, how many times has yeah, Big Tony Games style? from Canada are always from after 1990. They didn't have is this an action game, an RPG, or a fighting game? Yes. <laughs> what that <a>, question. <laughs> I mean, okay, well, like, was it an RPG? No. 
Wait, you said action RPG and what else? Fighting. Okay. Is it okay? Is it a is it a fighting game? No. Okay, Here, so it's an action. Here's what game. I would have done see. instead of that is ask if there's multiplayer. But that would have not uh, maybe that would have been. Uh, okay, so uh, did this come out after the year 2000? No. Oh. Oh, in the 1980s. Yes, that's 5. Exactly. Is this based on a license? No. Uh, was this game originally released in arcades? Yes. Okay. Was 80s before, arcade game. Uh, was this released in arcades before 1983? No. Was this I, game made in Japan? Yes. I guess wasn't too much happening in the American arcade scene until a little bit later. No, I mean Atari was dominant. I think that was, that would, that's a good question. Midway was all over the place still. Um, oh, so it's Pac-Man. No, that's before 1983. Um, Everyone's favorite action game. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's before 83? Jeez. I, I miss the era when games just didn't have genre. Like, it's a maze game. It's like, what? <laughs> it's a do- eating dots game. Is this game a Sega game? Yes, that's 10. Okay. I'm thinking it's... Uh, I'm thinking it's... Um, uh, what's it called? The one where you move around the screen... And it was like really 3D for its time. And you're a floating man. Space Harrier? Yes, Space Harrier. Uh, Space Harrier, or it could be a brawler. I just don't know. if Because there's like all these ninja brawlers. Space Harrier may have been like 1990. No, no, it's 80s. It, bl- it will blow your mind. It's from like 1986. And it looks like D- a 1990 Does this game. game take place in space? No, no, no. No, no Space Harrier doesn't take place in space. <sighs> Oh, well. <laughs> how the hell am I supposed to know that? It's called Space Harrier. Uh, so they also made they also made they also made Outrun, which yeah, I don't know which I think we call a driving game. It's not a racing game; it's a driving game. <laughs> what is a driving game compared to like Grand Theft Auto? Is that a driving game? No, it's because you're not the object. You're not racing anybody. You're just yeah. driving. Yeah. Uh, so Grand Theft Auto could be a driving game. I don't, I don't know. I don't I want think to talk about this It's a car uh, stealing game. <laughs> uh, was this game? I don't know. Should I ask about its graphics? They made did did Sega? They made Afterburner too, right? Using the Space mm-hmm. Harrier tech. It looks it looks similar. Do you play as a floating man floating around shooting things? No. Cool. <laughs> All right, so it's not. You play as a floating robot. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know that much about Sega's early history. I like we'll be able to get this. I mean, uh, if it's a brawler, I mean, that's where we we, altered beast, golden axe. It's all that stuff. Everything got ported to the Genesis too. alien syndicate. I think is another one. Are are all those eighties games. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Is it a brawler of a sort? It's Altered Beast. Do you, do you transform into a beast? No. Oh, man. Oh, man. What? There's also a ninja game that they did. Um, ninja Warrior. No, that's on the three screens. Uh, yeah, what's that one that Damon likes with the ultra, ultra widescreen? Shinobi. Well, yes. yeah, I was talking about Ninja Warrior, but but I think Shinobi is, is where we're mm. going. Is this a ninja game? No. 
That's 15. Wow. Oh, God. It's a Same. brawler. It's a brawler of a sort. It's from the 80s. Can you just I mean, help me out here, Damon? Is Shinobi a Sega game? Yes. Yeah. Okay. They that would have been I mean, did they make did Sega make an early, early fighting game? I can't think I don't know. I don't really know that much about Sega's early arcade history, actually. Besides, uh, you know, besides I think, like Space I, I think I've named a lot of them. I know it I know it from playing Yakuza. <laughs> you Zero. know what? They published Tetris in Japan. Oh. Nintendo, United States, uh and Atari in the United States in two different platforms, and Sega in Japan. So Nintendo, Atari, and Sega all published Tetris. Um, all right. Let's see here. It might be a little bit earlier. It might be like a, uh, one of these top downy uh, Sega games. There's also I mean, Fan Fantasy Zone, which is a shooter. Yeah, I'm still stuck on. It's a brawler, but not a ninja game and not Altered Beast. And um, we eliminated something else, too. I mean, Golden Axe is the other one. Oh. But I think that's just like a, such a straight brawler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What else I don't could know. it be? I don't know. I can't. I can't tell where to go with it, this. It's not um, based off a license. Mm -mm. Uh, does this game have sequels? Yes. It's not space here. <laughs> um. Uh, I already eliminated Space Harrier because it doesn't take <laughs> yes, place in space, guys. <laughs> um, I, 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 if it's a Sega, I mean, like, think about like what Sega like puts out now. You know, like, is there anything from that era that they return to? I mean, no. The arcade game thing. I mean, I could ask if it was on Master okay. System. Because that would help us get the earlier ones um, versus Genesis. But some things were just ported to Genesis anyway. It's probably Golden Axe. I just don't, I don't get the, the, the brawler situation with that. Um, do you, uh, they, make, they, they made like a weird wrestling game, didn't they? <laughs> I don't know. Can you play as multiple characters? Yes. That's a pretty good question. Can you play as a dwarf? Yes. Okay, is it Golden Axe? Yes, which I would consider a hack and slash game. Oh, that's a good point. That's like him. Double Dragon is a brawler. I would think Golden Axe maybe hack and yeah, slash, but okay. you know, that, that's, that's all a, kind of in the same No, family. it makes sense. It took us What's, way long to get there. By the way, this is the Genesis version that's being shown. Golden Axe hmm. still looks like super unique in its arcade form. It's a pretty cool looking game. Yeah. 1989 for both the arcade and Genesis versions. Wow. Hey, you can play as Gilius Thunderclad, the dwarf. Yeah. Yeah, I never really made the connection until just this moment how much of like a progenitor Golden Axe was for like um like the D and D brawlers that would come yeah. later. Not oh I mean, yeah, from Capcom. Capcom made those, yeah. but like their the, the vibes are very similar. I had a what? Golden Axe machine that was in a converted Asteroids Deluxe cabinet, so you'd always have to ruin a game for Golden Axes. It didn't come out as its own cabinet, and so it had like the Asteroids machine, and then like the side art for that was like asteroids being shot in space. And then it, they put like a decal over that of the ax and the, and the sword like this. And then the golden ax logo. And it actually looked really good. Irreversible though. It would never be an <laughs> asteroids game again for many reasons, let alone that it was a vector game that was completely gutted. Mark, the whole selling point of the Sega Genesis at launch was that you could play these arcade games at home, that and Alter Beast, And they looked pretty darn close yeah. to the arcade 
versions. Yeah, for sure. It, they they nailed it. Um, to to what the I bet by the end of the Genesis lifecycle would have looked exactly like it too. I think those games are kind of rushed as ports. Yep. My I mean, first yeah. game console was a PlayStation Two. So mm. yeah. <laughs> well, I also uh, distinctly remember, and I've told this in a different way before, but I remember playing Golden Axe in the arcade in 1989. Because uh, it, it, I went to a pizza place in like St. Louis, I think, visiting my cousins, and I played it. And you know, I remember having root beer and pizza and eating and playing Golden Axe, which is a great you know arcade memory. But yeah. what I distinctly remember about it is I was like, "This is the best looking video game I've ever seen," <laughs> and I just wanted to see the graphics in it. And that was the draw of those brawlers at the time: is that yep. they were the best looking games imaginable. Yep. And they kind of traded gameplay for that, right? I mean, even yeah. and then the Simpsons and the Turtles games, like those yep. came right after it. Amazing games. They just looked unbelievable to a little kid at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. The, those games felt impossible. It's like, how does this exist? Because like yep. the NES, you know, couldn't do anything even close to that. Yep. Yeah. It was. It was one of those. It was that era where you could go put in quarters to something and be like, "Whoa, this is like the most high tech piece of like equipment I've ever seen play a video game." I like that. Yeah, it's it's pretty smart. If you, it's so different from the approach arcade manufacturers took with like Pac-Man and mm. I don't know Joust, Defender. Yeah, it's like you're not you don't really seeing anything new, no matter how long you play. So mm-hmm. you know people might get bored with it. But if you if there's something really cool to see right around the, the corner on the next level, keep putting those quarters in, right? Yep, mm-hmm. and the Simpsons did that really well because they would have jokes and the levels would change. Yep. Like so they would do that, and like it would cost you about. 15 bucks by the end of it and like yeah. getting getting 15 bucks out of plus it could be four players getting 15 mm-hmm. bucks out of right yeah so getting 60 dollars out of one player over you know three months from a pac-man machine is pretty equivalent so like they yeah. kind of figured out a different business model for these they were just like get get the money faster mm-hmm. yeah it's very cool Thank you for the suggestion, James and Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Viewers and listeners, if you have your own suggestions for 20 questions, email them to me at gamesoup at IGN.com. And I am going to wrap things up a little bit early this week because, guys, my almost two-year-old son is having his first music concert tonight. Oh. <laughs> is so he we'll performing? See. They all are. <laughs> yeah, performing in air quotes. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it's going to be very organized and calm, and they will all sit there very still and be very well behaved it's gonna be yeah, great it's, it's gonna well, be just like the uh it's gonna be just like the cat circus it's yeah, gonna be it just matter. like the cat circus like, like if they get up and walk away that's also very entertaining <laughs> and then all all the kids are gonna spend the night in a u-haul truck right on the street there anyway uh, remember to prepare him for uh, hecklers just make sure he knows how yeah. to handle them okay yeah duck uh, anyway, <laughs> that's all the scoops that we have for you this week. Thank you to Sam. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Justin. Thank you to Alan, working behind the scenes to make the show possible. Hey, it's E3. There's going to be lots of cool stuff to talk about over the next week. Um, definitely going to be a fun Game Scoop next episode to look forward to. Please be excited. My name is Damon. This is IGN Game Scoop, and we're out.